Hey guys, JJ here. The Minnesota Rundown is sponsored by the Better Edge app. Better Edge is a legal online social betting marketplace that you can use real money to wager that allows you to post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in an online marketplace, compete in direct head-to-head challenges, compete in public or private betting competitions, and buy or sell positions, whether that be spread, over-under, money line at current market prices. Use promo code 10K at betteredge.com to get a free $5 when you sign up and verify your ID. Once again, that's 10K at B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to get a free $5. Are you guys looking for some kick-ass local clothing? Well, let us tell you about our friends at Soda Stick. Go to their website at sodastick.com, and hell, if you find something you like, there's no way you won't. Just enter the code 10KTAKES at checkout to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S., You'll certainly catch us wearing their top-notch apparel. Once again, it's SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com, and use the promo code 10KTAKES. That's 10KTAKES to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. This is the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm, of course, your host, JJ. This program, I should say, covers everything Minnesota sports, every relevant Minnesota sports news going on and a little bit beyond. And what we hopefully is what is hopefully in a unique, humorous, comedic, unique way compared to everything else that's out there. But I, I, I was gone last week. I know Dev filled in for me, so I applaud him and I appreciate him for, for stepping into the role of the host because this host role is just it's so strenuous here on this on the show. I got to tell you. But I want to welcome on a very special guest, I should say, a special friend of our brand here at 10,000 Takes. You can almost call yourself a brand ambassador, uh, but also a sports connoisseur. And people would maybe know him by you know his name. He was, he's, of course, the son of uh, former Gopher, former North Star, Pat Micheletti. It's, of course, Alex Micheletti. I think this is now your second or third time on the Minnesota Rundown, so I really appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, it's fun. I always, I always appreciate uh, being on any uh, 10K uh, podcast and, and, and helping out and spreading the brand. And so, yeah, this is fun. You never know what's going to happen when you when you join one of our content or something involving any of our content or a show or an, an event in particular. Uh, but it, it, this should be uh, pretty calm. Hopefully, nothing's going to be rowdy. Nothing's going to be too crazy. It's just me. I hopefully I'm not too not too crazy. But, uh, you know, I'm just happy that you're able to join me. We can talk some Minnesota sports and dig deep in this, um, some things here. But I guess the first thing I want to talk about here is, you know, Gopher Hockey is back. They opened up their season against Merce Harris this past weekend. And I actually listened on the radio. Your dad, Pat McLeod, was doing some analysis on there. He was doing a great job uh, with, with uh, Shaver, uh, Al Shaver. Uh, Wally. Wally and, Wally and Frank Zazaki. Yeah, yeah, Rosaka, and then he's at Wally or Wally Shaver, of course, Al Shaver's dad. But your dad had some great analysis opening up the season on on Go for Hockey. I mean, did, were, were you listening into that at all? Yeah, I was actually. So on Friday, we went down to Mankato. He filled in for St. Cloud Radio. Um, so he had a full weekend of of college oh, hockey wow. uh, broadcasting. So that yeah, was fun. We got to 
on Friday, we got to see one versus two. Uh, it was St. Cloud and Mankato. Um, so that was a, that was a blast. And then I went down there Saturday too. Um, so yeah, that was, I had a full, full weekend of college hockey, but, uh, yeah, fun, fun to see my dad do gopher, um, radio as well. And yeah, gophers got a sweep at home. So, um, good, good start to the season for the gophers and yeah, a lot of, a lot of really good college hockey in the state of Minnesota. We got, uh, five, you know, five teams within the, you know, in the top five. So <laughs> not bad at all. And, uh, St. Thomas starting off D1 hockey. Um, so they've, they've kind of had a, st- a tough stretch, uh, going on four, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always, always fun to have a, another team join, uh, division one hockey and, uh, you know, keep growing the game for sure. Yeah. I was going to say having St. Thomas just really adds now to the, to the state of hockey. Cause yeah. I, I'm, it's, it's about damn time. Like they, we have a, St. Thomas joins, I guess, because they've seemed to be a powerhouse in every sport they have had. And it is kind of nice now in general to have all, all the schools we have, like it makes sense for division one hockey, but I've always said like, how are we on a, like, we have a lot of schools here in the state. You have division one college basketball. You have all these States with all these tiny schools. And you have some States with like 10 schools of that are in division one. Some even making random ass runs in the NCAA tournament and we have one Division One college basketball team until this year. We finally have a small-ass school in St. Thomas finally joining the ranks of Division One. It's about time we have a school we can we can have a counterpart in in Division One, other than just the Gophers. Beyond just uh, other than just hockey, it's kind of nice. I'm finally glad they were able to join the Division One ranks. Oh well, yeah, it's about time. I mean, you know, this is the state of hockey, but you look at all the you know top basketball prospects that continue to come out of this state. Um, you know, it's about time that uh, uh, we have another D1 uh, team. It's it's, uh, it's just a good a good thing to have for the state. I think it just adds one more extra team for competition in hockey, but then for for basketball too. Like you need to watch, watch all the top recruits, not go to like, we're going to lose all the top recruits in basketball to St. Thomas, (laughs) even though I shouldn't say we lose them because that's still a Minnesota school, but the Gophers will start those. They they lost all these recruits to Wisconsin and Gonzaga in terms of basketball recruits. And now they're just going to go to St. Thomas. I'd laugh my ass off and I wouldn't be shocked if that happened knowing their luck. Right. And just after, you know, getting, getting Ben Johnson and just everything. And like, this is finally going to be the guy to get all the local recruits. And then they go to St. Thomas because it's a, the education's great, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm sure they're going to appreciate the competition and having another D one uh, team here. And just, you know, um, they're probably not going to go after the same type of kid, but uh, you know, um, yeah, just, you know, adds excitement. It's, it's actually hilarious that, uh, you know, it took the football team dominating to get D one hockey for St. Thomas because they got, they got kicked out of the Mayak and they needed to find a new league. And then they're like, well, this is the perfect time to go D one in hockey. And they, uh, they got a great coach Enrico Blase who was at the, um, Miami, uh, for a long time. And so, yeah, I think they'll be good. It's going to take them a little bit, but, uh, they probably are going to need a new rank and, um, yeah. And just upgrade on facilities for sure. Yeah, it would be like it would be funny though going back to the basketball conversation. Yep. If oh yeah, the players are going local now. Oh, they're going to St. Thomas. They're not <laughs> going to the U of M. It's like oh well, well shit. Like we're I could just I don't think it's actually people are listening. Oh, they're not going to go to St. Thomas. It's like well, it's a joke. But like it could easily happen. Knowing the luck of the University of Minnesota, you finally get a coach in here that you feel like can recruit locally. Oh, they're going local, but they're going to St. Thomas. 
it's it's so such a Minnesota yeah, such a Minnesota sports thing for sure. Um, well, know, just, yeah. Recruits are being stolen by a Minnesota school <laughs> that had just joined Division One. That'd be hilarious if that right. happened. I'd laugh. But but cycling, yeah. But circling back to go for hockey, they obviously opened up this weekend against Mercyhurst. And I got to tell you, I know before the season, I've heard some great things about this team. And even though they're playing in the Big Ten, and people can talk about, I debated last year that the Big Ten like lowers their level of competition uh, or lowers their skill and talent because they're so used to playing lower like less talented teams throughout the year. But I mean, uh, this team looks, Govers look very good. Like they're very stacked. You got Jack LaFontaine coming back and you got, you have Sammy Walker and some of these veterans coming back for the Gophers. I mean, this might be the only team to trust in Minnesota right now to win the next championship. If you include, of course, college, if you're talking about just professional sports, it's a different debate when you're bringing in division one and college in the U of M is such a big school and still a big factor in our Minnesota sports scene. They're definitely probably the only, I, I would think, I, I don't know, are they the only team to trust right now to win win a championship? No, oh, I 100% agree with you. It's uh, This is Motsko's best team he's ever had, for sure. I mean, he they returned pretty much everybody. Um, and they have the best uh, defensive core in the country, probably. Um, they're just stacked back there. And then, you know, LaFontaine won the Mike Richter Award, so the best goalie in college hockey. Um, and so, he returns, you know, gets his COVID year. Um, so that, that helps. Um, cause he definitely could have, uh, you know, signed a contract with an NHL team. Um, and so it's nice, nice to have that anchor back because, uh, you know, you're not in hockey. If you don't have a good goaltender, you're, <laughs> you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have him. And then they had a uh, hell of a recruiting uh, class come in with their freshmen. Um, and so, yeah, just going to be exciting to watch them battle, um, looks like Michigan probably for the Big Ten uh, championship for sure. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a fun college hockey season, and hopefully, hopefully get Mariucci packed because um, yeah, there's that building when it's full. There's nothing better uh, in college hockey. Um, so they have the best fans, and you get the band going, and so yeah, it just uh, frustrates uh, uh, the opposing team for sure. Yeah, no, I was gonna say Mariucci is is just one of the best places to be inside of. Uh, debatably one of my most favorite stadiums I've been inside of when it's loud and it's packed. Unfortunately, it hasn't been like that since they left the WCHA. I was going to say it, it was kind of sad when I watched some of the games on TV this past week and saw some highlights. You almost didn't notice COVID restrictions have been lifted. It, it just, there isn't a lot of people in the stands. It's like, I know they're playing Mercyhurst, but it's like, usually, you know, when they're in the WCHA and they're excited around the team and they're playing a non-conference opponent like that, growing up in like the early 2000s and you know when they're still in the WCHA personally you'd still almost get a full house in there and it's like just because they have the stamp of being in the Big Ten it's like they it's they it's hard to bring in people even when they're not playing a Big Ten opponent and they're playing a you know a, a traditionally hockey heavy school in Mercyhurst you know they've been around a while in Division One hockey but it's like it just looked like I'm like it's the, have the COVID restrictions COVID over <laughs> a lot of people in the stands it's like we got to pack this bitch like we right. gotta go right yeah i think uh this weekend it should be packed to the brim because it's uh it's a home and home with st cloud and so both fan bases will be able to travel um so yeah like i said i was in mankato this past weekend and it was mankato st cloud and it was packed to the brim uh they have five thousand uh down there in mankato for um, capacity and uh yeah no masks or no like mandate to, to wear one and it was really loud in there so i'm expecting hopefully the same thing uh 
uh, you know, with in, in St. Cloud and then um, at Mariucci too. So it's kind of fun to have the the home and home and, uh, you know, both teams get a, get a chance to host for sure. So. Yeah, no, I think that that's good. Like I, I forgot they're playing St. Cloud this weekend and look at me, I'm a, call myself a gopher fan i forgot they're playing st cloud i knew they're playing him at some point i heard yeah. they're playing st cloud they're playing north dakota at some point this year as well um but i just forgot it was this weekend because hockey season has just hit me so quick but no i think that that's the kind of stuff that they need to schedule for this team to give them a little bit of a pep to get fans back in that damn arena because it is a staple of college hockey when you can fill that to the brim it's so loud it's it's electric it's unique with the kind of the bowl like feature of the Mariucci uh, and uh, you know, it's Olympic style Olympic size ice sheet, like nothing, nothing beats it. Like it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's still fun to go there if it's not sold out to watch a hockey game, but it's just, when you get the crowd involved in there and it just sucks because you don't, you won't get every series was a a series. Like it will be hopefully this weekend with St. Cloud, you know, back in the day. Now it's kind of like you play St. Cloud, then you play Penn state gives a shit. Like, I mean, come on. Well, they're number four in the country. No, I, I don't, people don't care. Like you can look at people like, oh, the big Ten's very good at hockey. I'm that's not the debate here. That's just like the notoriety that we have five teams in the state of Minnesota and we can't even play them like this huge college hockey, the, the geographics of it and just the culture of it is just so much far, so much more different than the big 10 of college basketball and college football. It just doesn't work the same way, especially when you go years upon years on years. Like the Big Ten in college basketball and football has been around for a century. Right. So they've, they've been playing each other for over 100 years into the 1800s. Hockey, it's they've been playing, they've been doing their system with the WCHA and and playing these Minnesota teams for, for decades on decades. It's just like the Big Ten, would. it's just almost similar to like the Gophers moving from the Big Ten in football or, or college basketball to a, a different conference. And I know that's happened in the last decade where teams have moved in and out of conferences, but it's like it, 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 it's, 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 hard, it's hard for fans to buy into that after years of being able to play these, these top rivals. Yeah, we can we can thank our friends uh, uh, at Wisconsin for trying to brainstorm Big Ten hockey and you know Barry Alvarez and Barry and Alvarez getting, and then getting Penn State involved. It's just you know it's not oh. uh, you know it's it's tough because you just you know, there's the rivalries aren't there still and the fans aren't going to travel from you know from Penn State and um, you know just Michigan State. You know it's just it's just different. Uh, you know, I hope hopefully in the future um, there's more realignment in college hockey. Um, you, you never know, but uh, yeah, when if when they can schedule these, uh, um, you know, these uh, non-conference games with all the old WCHA teams, it, it's a blast. Um, you know, it just brings back all the good memories, and uh, you can pack pack arenas because fans, you know, don't have to drive too far, which is which is really nice. They don't have to get a hotel or anything either. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm just hoping they can bring that back this weekend. Some of that back, obviously playing St. Cloud, but we'll see what happens. Fuck Barry Alvarez. I forgot that he's like the mastermind. Oh, I want the big. It's like, of course, it's Wisconsin doing this. Right. Just right. one more reason to hate Wisconsin. That's now a legitimate reason to hate Wisconsin. It's not just, oh, it's a stupid sports rivalry. No, I hate them. He, he's, this guy who probably doesn't give a shit about hockey, he's a big football guy. He coached football there. Why does he care about putting creating a big 10 for hockey it's just it was like a mastermind by him to really put a dagger and in, into the rest of the big 10 and rest of our fans that rest of the fans that hate him it made no sense to me 
Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so unnecessary. Um, you know, it just, I, it was hated from the beginning and I, I don't think it much has changed as far as with, with all the fan bases, they wish, you know, they were back in their old conferences, but uh, what can you do now? You just, you gotta, gotta uh, try to continue to schedule those Minnesota schools when, when you can. And, uh, um, you know, try to hold on to those rivalries as, as long as possible. Yep, that's all you can do. Just watch yep. it. I'm mean, still a yep. fan, but it yep. is what it is at this yep. point. So, I want to move on to the uh, the Vikings, and uh, just oh man, just what the hell happened? I okay, so I'm actually happy they actually won on a last second field goal. I don't know if I have personally, I don't know how many games I've seen in my lifetime where they have won games in that situation on a field goal. It just doesn't happen. I will say, for whatever reason, I was a hell of a lot more confident in Greg Joseph hitting this field goal from 54 yards at home than I was when he kicked that 37-yard field goal in Arizona. I was, for some reason, a lot more confident about that field goal right before the kick. And sure enough, he nailed it right down the middle, and we're cheering, but it's like, well, we just beat the the Lions barely. I don't know why we're giving up 11 points like two minutes at the end of the game. Like, what the hell is that kind of shit? You know, it's just, it's frustrating. But, I mean, it's a win. I'm not going to be a toxic Vikings fan here. If there's so many toxic Vikings fans, like, oh, fuck this. Well, it should be chalked up as a loss. It's a win. And we won our last second field goal. It is what it is. Yeah, it's the Lions. But, I mean, it's a win. You got to take it. Yeah, they desperately <laughs> needed that one because oh, there, there's, there's some tough games coming up. You know, you, if you look at the schedule – they're going to have to play Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott. So it's a murderer's row of, of, of amazing quarterbacks. So you take take the wins where you can get them and try to get a little momentum going into the bye um, coming up here soon. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a weird game. I mean, you had, you had uh, JJ uh, Jefferson going for over a hundred in the first half, and then not not seeing the ball. Till, you know in the second half at all um but uh and then adam Thielen not touching the ball in the first half but he came up huge and and kirk uh yeah the 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 funniest thing is the two things that the vikings fans have always uh, wanted to happen is is kirk you know leading the team down for a, a game winning drive and then getting a game winning field goal and both mm-hmm. things happen mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same in the same game which which is incredible and uh, good, good on Greg Joseph for after missing the the previous kick to come back and nail it. I mean that that would have been good from you know you know fifty five plus 60. yeah. Um, so um, yeah, good on them uh, to to get that W. And another tough game coming up in Carolina with McCaffrey probably back, of course. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, and it was nice nice to see Anthony Barr back. Um, we really <laughs> desperately needed uh, Anthony Barr, and so he played great. Um, and uh, yeah, the the defense showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. he, they rattled Jared Jared Goff. Uh, you know, sacked him, fumble, and pick. So I mean, yeah, nice nice to see the defense play well. And like you said, um, <laughs> it's a win no matter what. Even even if a lot of the Vikings you know, Vikings uh, fan group uh, is is you know is disappointing in getting a win, yeah, it's it's hard to get a win in the National Football League. Just mm-hmm. look at Dan Campbell; he was crying after the game, zero mm-hmm. and five. Uh, you know he might get fired very soon. If they Ooh, don't do yeah, 
yeah, if they go zero and seventeen, <laughs> which which is which is possible with with uh, with the division uh, uh, they're in with us, and uh, you know it's it's tough, you know, um, especially as a first year uh, head coach, um, tough to get those wins. So, um, and Mike Zimmer's got all the pressure under him too. So yeah, keep keep stacking those wins. Well, I think it was us that tweeted it out, or I saw a tweet or something. It might have been Bossman that tweeted it. I totally been blanking, but when it was it was there was a video of the press conference of him of him crying and someone's like it looks like he just got his knee kneecap busted you know it's a playback what he said in the opening press conference when he got hired he's like, i'm gonna bust some kneecaps some strange strange words out of dan campbell but uh very emotional though i mean he, he loves his team but i was gonna say like yeah they're the lions uh but this wasn't your traditional zero and four starting lions i mean they they lost to a 67 yard justin tucker field goal which you won't see happen very often. You won't even see coaches give a chance to their kicker from that distance. You usually will just see them giving like a Hail Mary. So they lost on that. You know, they, they almost came back against San Francisco in week one. I mean, this team could at least should have at least had a win, you know, almost had the same record as us going in, but unfortunately they, they still were an 0 14. They are the Lions. You are at home. I think people did expect them to pull it off by quite frankly, more than, more than two points and winning on a last second field goal. And they did, they were up 16 to six with like three minutes left in the football game and all hell went loose. And I, I think, I think Zimmer was, was in, in Kirk. I love the, all their, their interaction at the end of the game. It almost looked like they were getting in a fight. Very strange. But I think that they're, I think Kirk was uh, just happy that they actually won in that way. Cause he's not used to winning in, in, a, in a fashion like that, where he goes downfield and sets your team up for winning in some way, but something gets all messed up. And then coach, coach, coach Jim is like, I'm not getting fired this week. So I'm sure he's just ecstatic after that win. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but earlier, of course. So, you know, Vikings Twitter thought it was a fight. And so now they had, uh, uh, they put out a tweet a little bit ago of like the, the helmet, uh, um, uh, you know, they, every, every quarterback has, uh, um, like recorded. So like, um, they showed Kirk, doing that you like that to Zimmer yeah so it wasn't a fight he was just you know no yeah for sure yeah yeah and Zimmer wants his quarterback to show emotion so I mean Mm -hmm. that I mean think it's it was a it's a win-win for for both of them no it was hilarious no it was a positive altercation as I should say it looked very aggressive but I mean they're just they're pumped yeah he pushes him I just love how someone had to hold Zimmer back like they were going to get into like a tussle but why would they do that? I think they're just both the most. I think Mike Zimmer was just a little surprised, a little shocked that he saw this out of his quarterback. You know, a lot of times you just see your quarterback when they get a win, they just go right out to the field to shake hands and off. And no, Kirk's going off, and rightfully so because, I mean, especially this this season. I mean, this is a guy that Kirk he, he gets blamed for shit that's not his fault. You know, get he's blamed for all folding and pressuring situations or really really hard situations and not not being able to lead your team to victory. And so when they look at these stats, especially in like these, their first game against the Bengals, he was plowing down the field. You know, he put him in position to give that tying field goal, which Greg Joseph hit, and they were plowing down the field and Dalvin Cook fumbled. And then you look at the Arizona game. He made beautiful plays in that last minute, minute and 15 seconds to put him in a position to kick a field goal and just went to shit because Greg Joseph, Greg Joseph missed it right. And now finally has another opportunity to prove the haters wrong by putting them in a situation to give them a position to win. And then Greg Joseph finally hits it and people will be like, Oh, that and Kirk haters will go. Oh, I was the first one. Do you not see the first, like the first two games of the regular season? It's just, it's ridiculous. So these, these more, 
he's more more than has the right to celebrate and get emotional like that because I mean the guy's been through a lot and he's finally got his got his win. Well, just think. I mean, if they lose that game, I mean, uh, the Wolves Ooh. could could fire Zimmer. Um, you mm-hmm. know, at home that would have been tough. You know. <laughs> To, to lose to a, a team that hadn't won yet. Um, so, I mean, I think, yeah, he could have saved Zimmer's job right there too. So yeah, a lot, a lot of emotions. And uh, now, uh, you know, after three games at home, now you go on the road to Carolina in a, in a tough, tough spot to win. So yeah, it's, it, it doesn't get any easier um, for sure for the Vikings. I think I saw something today too, that um, they have like the hardest schedule uh, the rest of the way. So like mm-hmm. I said, those, those quarterbacks that they have to play and, uh, you know, and a couple of them are on the road to at Baltimore at at uh, at the Chargers. So, I mean, that's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. So we're gonna need need uh, need the team to you know, especially Kirk to keep playing like he has been, and uh, and the D to to step up to stop some of these these amazing quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not as concerned about mono mono Sam Darnold or whatever Sam, the mono guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's Christian McCaffrey, right? Like yeah. he's, he scares the shit out of me. And I know <laughs> if he's coming off of the uh, injury, he's going to, that guy just goes off on every defense. He, he doesn't matter. I mean, every, he's, he's a, he's a, an easy pick every year on fantasy football for, for every player. And he doesn't matter who he's playing. He's getting your points. So it's a matter of just containing him. And then hopefully Sam Darnold throws one of his uh, signature interceptions a couple times and it's a winnable game, but yeah, it's on the road. and just contain McCaffrey to a, a good yardage. But cause yeah, dude, their schedule is, is brutal. It's it, you look at the, even the start of their season, their only easy game was maybe the lions. If yeah. you look at their entirety of the schedule, it's people like, Oh, Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati's actually doing well. They almost beat the Packers and they should have beat the Packers. Should've been yeah. Should have beat them. Yeah. Gosh. And that would have looked real. I mean, gee, even though they lost the fact that they pushed the Packers, Aaron Rodgers to overtime and they could have won like twice. Shows that that was actually a tough place to win, and we actually shot ourselves in the foot so many times to, you know, lose that game in the end with all the penalties at the beginning of the season. But we don't even bring that up. But it's on the Vikings <laughs> that whole bit, yeah, that whole bit. But no, their schedule has been brutal, and the fact that this team—I hate the ifs and hypotheticals—but they literally shot themselves in the foot on losing these games. They're not getting blown out with their schedule they have, they could easily be a three and two, four and one team with the schedule they've had. It's just unbelievable. The fact that they're two and three might actually still be stunning to some people, the way they played after that first game and the schedule they've had. So, I mean, I mean, with the 17 game season and, and uh, the extra team in the playoffs, I still think they're, I, I think you got to throw in any scenario. People are looking at the scenarios of, well, only so many two and three teams made it. Well, that was under the 16 game scenario with six teams from each conference making we now have 17 games and we now have seven teams in each conference making you got to throw all those scenarios out the window but yeah it starts where if they get a if they get a win to push them to 500 in carolina push them into the bye week come back on halloween on on dallas at home i mean they can be right high a little bit man i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy the schedule ahead but I, i think they they can handle it well if they limit themselves to dumb mistakes because the defense has been playing well and and open up the field a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you you, you look at our division too, um, you know, Chicago's not very very good. They have all sorts of quarterback issues and uh, and the Lions. So I mean, there, there's there's wins out there. Um, you just just gotta you know um, keep playing. I mean, if they play like they did against Arizona too, they can you know and Arizona's undefeated. I mean, they can beat some of these mm-hmm. these teams. They just gotta <laughs> can't can't 
can't make the stupid mistakes late. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's, it's going to be fun, uh, fun rest of the way for sure. Yeah. And I saw, I think I saw a statistic that I think the Vikings are 31st in the league in terms of pass plays over 30 plus yards or something like that. It's like, that's insane to me, Kurt, you have a, a deep pass specialist. I mean, you, you say what you want about Kirk. I mean, even if you, if you do agree with a lot of his notions that he's not a, can't evade the pocket or he, he folds under pressure. The thing that he can do is throw a deep ball and they're not doing that a lot. It's like they bear, you, you look at that and there's been some plays, but there hasn't been a lot. They haven't opened up the field and they've actually still been okay. I mean, they're two and three, obviously like they could be better, but like they didn't open up the damn field a little more, like start some deep plays and that. And then mixed with the Delvin cook or even Alexander Madison, like we're a, dangerous football team if you do that i don't know what the hell they're they're doing and why they're not drawing up plays to go just take some shots but i think it's i think i still think they're playing a little too conservative five five weeks into the season i don't know what i don't i don't i still don't know what clint kubiak's identity is on this offense i mean you see especially in that second half like uh like if it, if it was like third and long we're doing like screen plays yeah to, what the hell like is three this or shit? four yards and there's no blocking so mm-hmm. you're expecting the wide out to <laughs> try to outmaneuver everybody to get a long first down i mean it made, it made no sense um you know i think you know hopefully getting i think maybe rest dalvin again um and get him completely healthy um and then because with dalvin you know madison's been fine but he's no dalvin cook i mean dalvin cook no. When he's healthy, I think he's the best running back in the NFL. In the NFL. He's right there with McCaffrey. Um, and, you know, just I, I, like you said, you, you got two thoroughbreds at wideout, too, with, with uh, Thielen and Jefferson. I mean, every week it looks like Jefferson is just destroying who, who's, being, who's covering him. And mm-hmm. Adam Thielen's always reliable. Um, and, you know, and then you got emerging K.J. Osborne, too. Um, so... Yeah, it's amazing, and uh, it the, the joke's been this week too. How about us, or how about the Vikings trading for this Chris Herndon guy for at tight end uh, for a fourth round pick? Um, they haven't used him at all. <laughs> he had, he doesn't have a single catch, um, and he had a, a just a terrible penalty in the in the first half. So it's just yeah, I don't I don't know what uh, what Spielman was thinking there. Um, it, it seemed like a panic move, but um, you know, how about trying to use Tyler Conklin? I mean, he mm-hmm. he had a great game against uh, against the Seahawks, and then they they haven't been using him as much um, recently since. But uh, it'd be nice to get the get the tight ends involved again too, for sure. Yeah, stop. Enough of this. Uh, yeah, this BS third and long screen pass or drop the middle. Like, what is this? Like, we've seen this over and over again. This is like a staple of Mike Zimmer's offense and a stereotype. You should know. Like, people are making fun of you for this. Why you? How do you go up to a third and long and like, hey, we're gonna run up the middle now? I would just cringe at myself. Like, oh, people are just gonna be. I know the fans at the TV like, what the hell? Oh, this is a typical play. You know, in the back of your head, that's what fans are going to be doing at the TV. They're going to be laughing at you. It's like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do a deep pass here, just a quick out to Jefferson. And it's like he does the same shit over and over. And it's so frustrating. I mean, well, you know, we look, we play the Rams again uh, coming up and uh, going up against, uh, you know, Sean McVay offense. And it's just going to be the contrast between the two offenses, you know, yeah, at some point the Vikings got to get into a modern uh, modern offense. You can't. You got to throw it down the field to to win in this league. You, know? you can't just run it up the middle and and, and these uh, you know these dump 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 offs from you know uh, for four yards on a third and ten. You know it's like come on. 
He's living in 1930 football or something. I don't know what, what what's going on. Yeah. It's it's so damn annoying. Right, right. <laughs> but uh well speaking of speaking of football though, continue with the conversation. The Gophers play Nebraska this Saturday at eleven AM, another eleven AM game, whatever. You just gotta get up at eight AM and start drinking. That's what that's what I'm gonna be doing. And out there, I think Mike Hawk will also be out there as well. Maybe we'll get in the stadium this week. Who knows? Onside kicking coach specialist, if you don't know who that is. But anyways. They're on the bye this past week, so they didn't didn't play. They're coming off their win against Purdue, technically, as, as it'll be two weeks um, uh, two weeks ago since that when that game when they play that game uh, it was a good game on the road uh, again over Purdue. Perdon't I like to say, but now they're playing Nebraska, who uh, I think they've gradually have become better week by week. They looked terrible in their first game against Illinois, and. I forgot who won that game. I don't care who won that game, actually. I only know it was close, and Illinois looks awful, and Nebraska either almost lost or they won. I don't know, barely won. I don't care. But anyway, they're coming in off of just barely beating, losing to Michigan in Nebraska. But that, Grant, that was in Nebraska. It's in Lincoln. They have full fans there. It's a tough place to win, regardless, you know, what 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 Nebraska's record is and who they're playing. It's a tough place to, to win, but they look, they look solid. And they're coming in to play the uh, uh, play the Gophers here that we're hosting them here on Saturday at 11 a.m. Like I mentioned, uh, how do you think the uh, Gophers are going to fare up against the the Gophers? Because quite frankly, this season at home, uh, in front of their fans, they haven't looked all that great. I mean, the Ohio State game was fine because oh, you're playing a top five team in the country. You gave it 45 points. Okay, we can we can let it pass. You know, we still put up thirty one points. But then you almost lose to Miami of Ohio. Then you lose to Bowling Green, who's a bottom twenty five team. Like, oh, this season might be done. But then they go beat a decent Purdue team on the road. So now you're playing Nebraska back at home, where the last time you last two games you played weren't that great against really shitty opponents. So you're like, which team is going to show up here? Like, I, I I don't know if they. So I mean, what what are your thoughts on the game this weekend? Yeah, um, Nebraska. It seems like seems like they've had a Martinez uh, at Nebraska for the past decade. Um, yeah, Martinez. Uh, he kind of scares me. The the dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, um, the you know the Gophers have a tough time with those types of, of quarterbacks. So that kind of scares me. But also, um, you know, they didn't have Dalen Wright last or you know um, at mm-hmm. Purdue. So that 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 hurts. Um, and he should be back this weekend. So you know, another option, um, in the passing game, but we talked about the Vikings, uh, offensive identity. I don't know what Mike Sanford, what, 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 what his identity is here with this go for offense. Um, they need to throw it down the field more, uh, especially now losing, uh, Trey Potts for the year. Um, mm. that, that was scary. Um, I hope, I hope he's okay. You know, he might never play again, but, uh, you know, his health is, is the most important thing. So, um, ups, you know, now it's up to Kai Thomas and Bucky Irving and, you know, next man up mentality mentality. And, uh, hopefully, um, Chris Ottman Bell, um, is a hundred percent. Um, you know, he's a special player too. Um, you know, we, we were at that Bowling Green game, uh, you know, he got hurt immediately. Um, and just without him, they really struggled. Um, and he didn't uh, he didn't see the ball much against Purdue either. But uh, you know I'm confident in this team. They just need to throw it. Um, you know and you know Tanner mm-hmm. needs to hit that that deep ball. Um, he did it a few times against Ohio mm-hmm. State. If they can do it against this Nebraska team, 
you know, I think they'll, they'll be right there with them. Um, you know, and just, uh, you know, getting some pressure on Martinez, um, to, um, boy, Mafe, um, you know, get, get those, get, get the D line going. Um, that was supposed to be one of the strengths. Um, so we need, we need, need them to, to, to help out, um, uh, the offense and get pressure. And, um, I think they'll be right there. I think, I think Nebraska is like a three point favorite right now. So, um, yeah, it should, should be, should be another close, uh, close game against Nebraska for sure. Yeah, it should be close. I was going to say like they better, you know, against Miami of Ohio and Bowling Green, they had, they had a mass, like a super close playbook and they started airing it out and throwing it more on big plays and opening up the playbook against Purdue and look what happened. They won. So maybe you should, maybe you should take that as a hint and maybe, not do that. I don't see them doing it against Nebraska. I think you saw that shit against Bowling Green and Miami, Ohio, because they're oh, they're non-conference opponents. We don't want to hide stuff. Or, well, you lost the damn game. Like you risked that. But we saw that now open up against Purdue, which I think a lot of fans thought they would see. And you do that against Nebraska. I think they'll hold up very well if you allow the allow Upman Bell to get out there and Dalen Wright's back too. On top of that, and you allow them to throw the deep ball. And I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I hope you know. Trey Potts is, is, is all good. Uh, did we find out? I never, I, I couldn't find out exactly what happened to him. They're not revealing that. No, Pete, you know, it's, you know, typical PJ. He doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't say anything on injuries. He never said anything about Mo either. So mm-hmm. I think he's just going to leave, leave it up to Trey and his family. And his, but man, that's what I, that's totally fine. I, yeah. I just, I just, all I know is something had to be something scary. I'm, I'm my speculation, maybe something with his heart. That's what uh, I was thinking. That's what I was thinking because, you know, if it's a leg or an arm or shoulder, mm-hmm. you don't stay in the hospital for six days. Six days. Yeah. You, and you'll you reveal that sometimes. You know, it's, he's got an arm injury, you know, but, he, you know, he's broken arm. I wonder if he, like, collapsed or I, I don't know. I guess he went off the field fine and or maybe he just had yeah, you're, a lot of breath. You were yeah. watching the game too. I didn't notice anything on the no. last uh, last uh, play that he you know he ran off the field and then then, then he's they said he went to the tent and then they were doing the wildcat with uh, with Cole Kramer and you didn't really hear anything until till after you know the next day. Um, so yeah, very scary. But glad he's at least back in Minneapolis and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know back back home. So you know that's that's the most important thing for sure. Yeah, no, that I'm glad it didn't end up super tragic. Totally fine and totally understandable that he that he's out for the year. But um, good thing the Gophers are very deep at running back. I mean, going into this season, they had like five strings at running back, if not six. I mean, you got Bryce Williams, who hasn't been all that spectacular, uh, but you got Marquise Irving, or now Bucko Irving. They changed it from Bucky because you obviously can't be Bucky on, on the Gophers, but he's looked very solid and. I, now this finally gives an excuse. I don't know what PJ, what, what's stopping him. I don't know what sort of grudge he has against Kai Thomas. I don't know why they haven't been playing him more because this guy is a is a stud. Yeah, he's guy's a, like a six one, six two, big. He's like a Derrick Henry like running back. He's a, on our team. He was a four star running back. I mean, you got to play the kid. I mean, and they plucked him out of Kansas. You know, so that I mean, that the one that's the one thing that PJ's been great at is finding running backs um mm-hmm. um so uh, that that uh looks like it's uh, it's going to continue especially some of those guys are pretty young still so it's nice nice for them to get playing time and they get it in, in against big 10 opponents too so you know give them the rock and uh 
you know, like you were saying too, it, um, you know, at, at home, they're probably going to try to run the ball and have long drives. And so we're going to see a lot of uh, Kai Thomas and Bucko, hopefully and maybe Cam Wiley too. And yeah, <laughs> Cam Wiley forgot about him and Bryce Williams. <laughs> yeah, So, I mean, it's thank God for all that depth for sure. Honestly. Yeah. It's just too bad. We obviously don't have a Hebrahim and Trey Potts has been looking good, but I've, I've, I personally, nothing against Trey Potts. I really wanted them to play Kai Thomas more. The guy is an absolute stud. I think he could be the starting running back. Honestly, I like, they don't play. I literally had a tweet against Bowling Green. I'm like, Dover's would have changed my mind. But if they would have, if they would have played Kai Thomas more, they would have won the football game. And that's kind of a half joke. But like, I mean, the guy was barreling over Colorado players when he was playing Colorado. I don't know what the hell is happening with them. If PJ's like pissed at him or he, mouthed off at him a little bit at practice like pj get your head on your ass man just play the guy i mean i know you got to be disciplined on players and stuff i don't know what he did or what he deserved deserved to do this if it's not nothing if it's minor you got to play him uh because now you don't have trey potts cam wiley's been okay he's smaller he's fast but he's just smaller he can be taken down easier uh you know marquis irving's look pretty solid but i think kai thomas is just He's got unreal athleticism, and he's looked very good, and he's exciting to watch, you know, especially at that Colorado game. So I just hope this gives a ch- gives us a chance, especially at home on Saturday, for us who will be there or on TV, whatever. Especially for us in person, to be able to see this guy play in person because he's uh he's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, you know this is a big one for PJ. You know he loves uh, loves beating Scott Frost. You know Scott Frost mm-hmm. gives oh, PJ yeah. crap, so. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be nice to see, uh, uh, see the, uh, see them beat Scott Frost again, for sure. Yeah, it would be fun. Nebraska will never freeze over. That is such a bullshit. People are still confident. Scott Frost, stop. This is, this, this, this has got to end because yeah, just you're done. It's, it's, it's such an old, like overhyped when he came in and they're like, Oh no, Nebraska's going to freeze over. What does that mean? Like <laughs> nothing's happening here. Yeah, he's not bringing back the black shirts of, of the of the Golden Days uh, in Nebraska. Uh, I mean, I think this is going to be the end of the road if uh, if he keeps losing for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think he might be riding high a little bit from Michigan, but it's like you still lost the game. Right. I hope they do kick the piss out of Nebraska. So maybe this could be the uh, it would be the final straw. It seems like Nebraska and their AD department seem like they're. They're in on him still, which doesn't make any sense. But this isn't a, this isn't the Nebraska rundown, so I'm not going to talk about no, that shit. No. How boring of a podcast would that be? <laughs> Welcome to the Nebraska rundown. Let's talk uh, Husker football and um, how the corn season's going. It's all they have. What a, what a boring boring life. <laughs> that would be a bo- boring life down there. Okay, they're, they're probably going to get pissed at us, but I I really I couldn't give two shits. I could not care. Bring West, all the heat to us. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll literally kill us. But uh, I, hopefully the uh, the Gophers farewell against the the uh, Gophers this weekend. It just depends on what that playbook looks like and throwing it deep. Same thing with the Vikings. So we'll see what happens. But uh, next thing I want to move on, the final topic I want to talk about is hockey is finally back. It's actually uh, opened up last night because this episode was released on Wednesday. The NHL did. But the Wild are back on Friday. They're back in action. Finally, it's weird to be back. Um, especially to a full season. We haven't had a full season in technically uh, three years now uh, because both seasons were, were, were shortened or cut short, uh, if you want to say that. And the, the Wild do open up Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks in at 9 p.m. And I'm excited that hockey is, is just back. We're back in action here in October. We missed it last year starting in an October time frame. 
And I'm just pumped that the Wild are back because it's just another Minnesota sport to put your marbles into to ultimately probably be disappointed in. But it's just, but I love hockey in general. I love the Wild. I watch, want to see Kirill. I need more Kirill. I need a Kirill fix. That's what I need. But they're they're back in action on Friday night. How do you think this? How, how good is this team? How do you think that? How how, how do you think this team's going to look uh, come Friday? Yeah, um, I I think they're going to be. Uh, this is the you know the one of the best teams I've had in a long time. Um, and I'm predicting them to finish second in the Central. It's going to be tough. Wow. Um, we're yeah we're back. We're back in in the in a tough division. We're not playing the we're not in the division of the cupcakes of the of the West teams out there. Um, so it's going to be definitely a lot tougher. But you know I like I like this team. Um, you know it's going to be fun to see Krill like you said in a full 82. Um, you know and Cam Talbot. Um, he had a, an amazing. I thought he was the MVP of the team last year, and so mm-hmm. I think he's going to have to be big again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it it it'll be fun to see. Uh, you know, now they have Eck on the top line, uh, with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and kind of nice, uh, they, you know, they get Anaheim LA to start the season. So two easier opponents. Um, so they're not, you know, right into the thick of things, uh, against a central, um, uh, division opponent. And then, you know, they get Winnipeg, um, at home, the home opener. So that should be loud. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's always, uh, those games against the jets are always fun and entertaining. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I really like the depth they have too. Um, and, uh, it was cool to see them pick up a former gopher and Rem Pitlick. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get a big chance. He's playing, love with, it. Uh, he's playing with Fiala on the third line. So, um, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, see how that goes. Uh, you know, big opportunity for him to, you know, play in front of his buddies and all of his, uh, former teammates, um, here and, uh, um, yeah. How about that? Uh, how about that clip from Billy G to, to saying it's all about the winning. I, I loved it uh, with, with him. Uh, with oh, Spurgeon. and Spurgeon. Like, yeah. Yep. Spurgey. Is it something about having fun or something? He's like, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> fuck that. It's about winning. Yeah. That was, that was brilliant. Um, I so love I, that. That was, I love that. that was I, gold. I think Billy G is the best GM that in out of the four team, uh, pro teams here. Um, yeah, I think he's done an amazing job. He's, uh, um, he had to make the difficult decision of getting rid of uh, um, Parisian Suter. Um, you know, those are fan favorites and, um, you know, difficult decisions to buy those guys out because, you know, their their money stays on the books for a couple of years. So um, yeah, I think it was a big deal, but it was a you know necessary move. Um, and um, he's drafted really well. Um, you got the kids. The kids got sent down to the um, to the Iowa um, club team uh, and Rossi. Um, you know, and, and Beckman, uh, but you know, in Addison, but I expect those guys to be up, you know, you know, if, if not, you know, this year, um, you know, you know, hopefully right away next season, but you know, a lot, a lot of talent coming, uh, here soon. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I, it, they're going to be the closest, you know, pro we talked about the goal for hockey team, mm-hmm. uh, being close to, uh, winning a championship. I think they're the wild are the closest, uh, professional team that we have here, um, to, to making a cup run, especially with all the, well, with all the youth, um, uh, on its way for sure. Well, we talk about it time and time again on, and 10,000 takes here and, and everyone on our podcast, Bill Guerin has big balls. He does not care. He doesn't mind about chopping heads and cutting ties. Well, I love this player. No, it won't win it. It won't win us anything. Literally, it it doesn't. It, it seems like every other GM we have here doesn't 
they they don't they're scared to make moves like they, they're scared to do shit like big 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 moves to potentially win they do everything not to win and say oh no we're going to be the best team we can do this year and you see a little bit of spurts from these other gms and doing something but bill garen he's just so on minnesotan and we need that coming into a sports team because he just does not care just like that clip he says no fuck it's about winning fuck that it's 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 perfect we need that mentality coming in here from a guy who did win stanley cups in pittsburgh does not care and i think i think the gms here need to take notes on what bill garen's doing don't be scared to make moves take some risks and don't care in the end what fans are going to think we already are going to have a toxic fan base anyway they're going to be pissed about something anyway so just do something regardless and he just doesn't care. And I, I think the wild, the way their pipeline is set up um, with their prospects is just been, it's unbelievable. And this team is definitely, uh, you can feel it. And I feel like people have been saying this, like every other Minnesota team, I think everybody's been more confident within the wild in the last 15 years out of any other sports team and winning a championship. So maybe this has been said over and over again, but I believe they truly are the way they their GM mentality mentality is their draft picks and the players they have on this team are the like Kirill Kaprizov. I don't think it's hard to say, it's hard to name a player of a Kirill Kaprizov caliber in terms of the when I mean, you compare it to other sports of a player to that caliber on other sports teams. You can't really pick one out. I mean, we he's definitely the stud of Minnesota right now, and he's he's a top five NHL player probably if you look at a top ten at least. And it's just this team is exciting to watch, and I'm definitely very excited to see uh, you know to watch this team and open up the season to a full 82 game season with the roster they have. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, playoff hockey at the X. It's it, there's nothing better. I mean, it is so loud when when that building gets rocking, and it's gonna be so fun to have a full full crowd there now. And and like you were mentioning too, um, this franchise has never had a player like Kirill Kaprizov. I think uh, when he's done, he'll be a better player than than Gabrick. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they have you know him and Kevin Fiala. You know. It's the first time they've had multiple game changers um, on this team, and so when those two are, you know, especially when they're out there together on the power play, it's it's so much fun to watch. I wish, I wish at some point they would play together um, on five on five because that'd be <laughs> that'd be so much fun to watch, and they would just dominate the puck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be exciting season. Um, like I said, they're going back into the Central Division, so we get to see our old uh, our mm-hmm. old friends, the Blackhawks, uh, with, uh, with Taves and Kane, and then you got uh, the Blues with Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, and so, yeah, I mean, there's gonna, you know, get, get you know, get to face those tough uh, central division opponents. They're bigger, uh, faster, um, more, more of a physical type game than, than what we're seeing uh, from last year against those, uh, against those uh, teams out West that just had no, no talent. Some of those teams are just tanking and, and, you know, so it's going to be fun to see uh, more competitive games for sure, I think. And it'll be interesting to see how Kirill does against some, like I said, some of those tougher teams. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, it, you know, it'll be fun to see Colorado, and because they have Darcy Kemper, mm-hmm. um, so another old friend. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing the, them go up against the Avalanche because that's been a, uh, a a big rivalry, and you already saw it in the preseason with uh, Landis Scott going after Ryan Hartman. So yeah, I'm looking looking forward to to seeing uh, uh, that rivalry for sure. Yeah, no, like forget about that aspect of we didn't have the regular divisions last year. We had to keep playing. It felt like we were playing Los Angeles 
and and Anaheim over and over and over, over and again. over. It was almost like a PTSD carousel of just what shit is this? Like this is so stupid. But now I I, I forgot about that. We're back to normal, back to normal division, and see the normal teams again. And be fun to take on the Blackhawks with with Kirill Kaprizov. See these rivalries coming to fruition with Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov. So I'm excited for that. But what sucks, and then we talked about this before we started recording. People are going to be in a fit uh, on Friday night. They're not going to know where to watch the game. You know, there's an advantage to it. Finally, okay, hockey's back on ESPN. Great. You know, they have the, the old school tune. It's it, they're, they're, They consider themselves a sports leader. How do you not have hockey? Okay, they have hockey back. But what kind of what, what is this bullshit that's going to be on ESPN Plus? Like you need a streaming service. No – I know there's some of us young people, even us young people are going to get frustrated because some of us may want to go out and watch it at a bar or something. And it's like, they're not going to try to figure out ESPN plus there. It's going to be a bullshit situation. All the old people are going to be bitching and complaining. All their dads are going to be calling. I'm happy to help my own father. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it should be all eliminated. We're in 2021. We shouldn't cause more, We shouldn't have more issues on how to watch a damn hockey game. And it's the first game of the season. Fans don't want to try to figure out a streaming thing. Just put on ESPN or something. I don't know what's going on on Friday on ESPN at nine o'clock, but this ESPN Plus thing is going to blow up in everybody's faces. Yeah, I think so. You know, look at all the like when the Olympics were going on and uh, things are on Peacock, like the Olympic men's basketball. It's like no one wants to try to figure out what the Peacock is. Too, it's going to be the same thing with ESPN Plus. I know they're trying to adapt with with cord cutting, but I mean, just put the damn game like tonight. Just Put it on ESPN. It'll get a lot of ratings. Um, so <laughs> there's going to be a lot of a lot of phone calls uh, uh, from from dads to their yep. age kids or out of college. Like, where's ESPN Plus? It's not. <laughs> it's not on my listings. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to watch it on my damn cell phone. You know, they're going to try to figure out how to download an app or uh, try to get no it on one, their iPad or you know, it's going to be hilarious. No one wants to transition from one platform to the other. And I can already see my dad, love him to death, and I'll help him through it. But he's going to be like, Jake, where's the wild game? I, I don't see it on the guide. What channel are they on? I went to Fox Sports North, and it's like, it's just like ATV racing or something. And I went to ESPN. It says ESPN, and there's like, there's there's just a, uh, there's just like an NBA game repeat on. What's what's going on here? ESPN, what, what, what I got to download something? That's just what's going to happen. It's going to be hilarious, and I'll work through it. But it, it's it's just it's it's not needed, preventable, uh, a preventable mess. Yeah, just it's, ESPN Plus stop. It's these TV executives. They just they don't listen to the consumer. I mean they they they're trying to be hip and like you know streaming options. But I've heard a We're lot cool. of interesting things about it freezing for UFC events. So I hope I hope it's okay for hockey. I mean. With especially with the transition, because NBC Sports did an amazing job um, with their mm-hmm, they did. and so uh, I hope <laughs> I hope it goes well with the with, with when when the games are are, are on ESPN Plus. Um, I know so a lot of them are going to be on TNT too, which thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that's that's re- regular cable, and that's not going to be as you don't have to worry about the streaming thing. But Strenuous. the ESPN Plus, uh, especially the first wild game, it's like come on, it really it has to be on the on the streaming only one. Um, so that, that, that's going to be interesting. Hopefully, hopefully the, you know, the, the cameras are good, you know, um, cause you don't want bitching about that already. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh dude, you're good. 
if you see if you get freezing up and then people that don't know to follow the puck, you're gonna get so much bitching and it actually you almost kind of want it to happen because you love seeing some of those comments come through. This guy doesn't know how to follow a puck. This guy looks like he's like this guy's so zoomed out or this guy can't seem to follow the puck. It looks like he's practically filming the ceiling, all this shit. It's kind of funny. Some of the comments come out, but hopefully they can get their shit figured out. Hopefully there's not a lot of games on ESPN plus, but I think there is looking at the schedule. Ah, whatever. We'll, (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll get through it together on social media. So it's, it's, it's all good, but uh, yeah, but it's like psych that hockey's back. It's, it started Tuesday night and wild open up Friday against Anaheim. So I'm excited to, see them play but uh i think that that'll wrap up this episode of the uh the minnesota rundown alex mcletty i want to thank you for coming on do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up uh it was a blast being on again i always love being on the rundown but uh so so happy uh hockey is back and uh and we're gonna have full arenas um and like I said, you know, once once the playoffs come around, there's there's nothing better, and we get Olympic hockey this year too. So just you know, bonus bonus uh, on top of that. So yeah, I'm hoping hoping the Wild can make a deep run because we we need a Minnesota sports team to do well. Um, we've 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 been through so many heartbreaks. The football season's given us heartbreaks already. So yeah, I'm I'm ready for uh full full winter of hockey here for sure. Yeah, on top of football and everything, everything seems we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy at this point. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just so glad that we're we're gonna yeah, same with hockey, be able to get back in that excitement, have full arenas. But we'll we'll see what happens with the wild season and, and the same with Vikings go for hockey, go for football, and the Timberwolves are starting up here in a week. Oh gosh. Uh that's a whole other conversation. But I want to thank you again, Alex McLeady, for coming on, uh giving us your sports knowledge into everything Minnesota sports and, and, and beyond. Um, of course people can follow you on Twitter at Alex Micheletti. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Always love interacting with people. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Interact with them. It can be hate. It can be positive. Yes. I love personally getting hate on my, my, myself. Bring it's, it. it's, 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 it's all good shit. It's all, it's good. It's a good bit. I should yes. say, to yep. say here at the take. But anyway, guys, uh, we want to thank you for listening to another episode. Of course, if you want to follow us, 10,000 Takes, if you don't do so already, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Just look up 10,000 Takes or 10K Takes. You'll find us with that red logo, 10K. Also, find our amazing, fascinating blogs on our website, 10KTakesMN.com. We have a bunch of funny, crazy blogs on there, everything really happening in pop culture, Minnesota sports and beyond, everything that go around on there is well, and if you want to check out our other podcasts under our network, we got Wild Takes, a wild Minnesota Wild dedicated podcast, but it's a better flagship show, I should say. And we have our MMA show. Uh, that's all under all of our network. Just look up 10,000 Takes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It should all be on there. You can look that up if you want to listen to our other shows, other fantastic shows. But yeah, if, if we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown, joined by Alex Micheletti, of course. I'm, of course, your host, JJ. You can follow me on, on Twitter, uh, at JournalistJ10K. You want to rip on me, too? I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I love the interaction, especially uh, the more negative it is, the more I love it. So you, you know it. But I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.